Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, everybody. This is the 27th episode of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teen podcast. And today we're going to talk about how to beat anxiety. And I'm so excited because Jody Amon is with us today, and you are going to learn so many wonderful things. She's been a psychotherapist for over 20 years, and she's really one of my psychotherapist sisters. So she's not only helped clients recover from every problem in the book, she's also experienced and clawed her way out of her own anxiety and depression. Jody shares her own story of transformation that of many, many clients in her best-selling book, You Won Anxiety Zero, Win Your Freedom Back from Fear and Panic. In it, she helps you make sense of life's chaos, teaching you how to keep calm, feel peace, and master happiness in your life. Through her popular blog and YouTube channel, she has shared her message to thousands of followers all over the world. So welcome, Jody. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yay. So today we're going to talk about, like I said, how to beat anxiety. And here's why I think this is such an important topic. Unfortunately, it seems like anxiety and parenting a teenager go hand in hand. And I know because I am a parent and my daughter is now 20 and it's still really easy to worry about her. And there is no shortage of things to worry about as moms, as and especially when we're parents of teens. Will she get pregnant? Will they get arrested? Does she have an eating disorder? Will they sabotage their chances of getting into a good college because they're not making good grades or, or they're not serious enough? So, and I think at the core of all these worries and a lot of times panic is will your teen be okay? Will they turn out okay? And I've had many moms tell me it's their job to worry 24-7. And it's not just the moms who have anxiety. What I've noticed as a therapist for 25 years is that our teens are more and more stressed out. It seems that 20 years ago, parents would drag their teens in to see me because they snuck out of the house with their boyfriend. And now the teens want to come come see me because they are too stressed out and it's affecting their grades. They're more edgy with their friends, especially their parents, and they aren't having much fun. So wouldn't it be great if you could dial down the anxiety in 2017? Well, Jody has some really amazing information for us. So... Jody, let's just start with um, your best-selling book. So why did you write You Won Anxiety Zero? Well, just like you, Colleen, I've just seen the, the number of people who are struggling with anxiety increase and increase and increase. And in those 20 years, you know, I met with 35 people a week, probably discussed about two or three problems an hour, uh, about 50 weeks a year. That's 105,000 problems I help people unpack. And behind each and every single one of them is fear. When you unpack a problem and see what's behind it and see what's behind that and see what's behind that, fear is always, always a thing that's there. And our, and our deepest fear is that we're unworthy. 
And so I started to think about that and look at that. And in my own life, I had a lot of anxiety and panic. Uh, I'm a mom of uh, one, one boy is past the teenage years. I have two still in it. And so I know everything you said, I was like, I know. And yes, our kids are so anxious as well. And I do have some theories on that. But because of all of these problems that people have, I felt like if I wanted to sit, share a message with the world, what do they need the most? They need help with anxiety. We just need help as a whole to dial down the anxiety in our life. And so I wrote this book to help people do it. That's awesome. So it's great that you're a mom also and that you've experienced anxiety. So you can really relate to a lot of the moms who are, who are listening to this podcast. Absolutely. Yep. I'm right there with you. <laughs> so, okay. So I've, I've had so many moms tell me it's, it's their job to worry. And they kind of, they actually have told me that they feel like if they don't worry that something is really bad, it's going to happen to their kids. Like worry is going to protect their daughters or their sons. And, and yet, as you know, as a mom and seeing all the clients that you see and all the clients that I see, I think the fear and anxiety really sabotages our relationships with our teens. And it really causes tons and tons of drama. And I think it actually prevents parents from really being able to protect their teens a lot of times. I, I would have to agree with that because anxiety, you know, a lot of people hold on to their anxiety and their worry, their fears, because they think it's going to protect them. They think it's going to give them awareness so that they see whatever bad is going to come and they're prepared for it somehow. But I argue that if you spend your time worried and anxious and stressed out, it's going to decrease your abilities. It's going to decrease your relationship with yourself. You're not going to trust yourself to handle anything. If you're stressed out all day and anxious all day, you continue to tell yourself, I'm out of control. I'm out of control. And you don't see the skills that you do have. And when you do that, I think we're less prepared. Like we have less confidence. We have less connection to our skills and abilities. So if something really bad happened, we'd be absolutely much less prepared than we would be if we built our skills and knowledges over that period of time instead of staying anxious. When the bad thing happens, we'd be connected with ourselves, and we could respond in a way that would keep us, uh, help us keep our head above water, actually. And so we also want to teach our children this, that anxiety is learned. It is taught and it is learned. I learned it from my parents. And we, um, we don't want to teach our children to be anxious. And by worrying about them, it does a couple things. One is, you know, it, it stresses you out and you're not prepared if something bad would happen. Number two, it, we worry down to our teen. And if we're worried about them, they, they, they're validated in their anxiety. So they go, oh, well, my mom's worried. This is really something to worry about. Like, I really can't do this, right? So they have no belief in themselves at all. And I teach people to love people up to them instead of worrying down. When we worry about something, we go down to where they are. We're not helping them get up because we're validating their pain and that the, that the, the despair, that there's no hope. And, uh, and so I want to love people up to me. I want to stay high and I want to bring people up to my level, my kids, my clients, my friends, everybody that I interact with. 
uh, and it changes everything. So how you love someone up to you is you believe in them. You believe that they have the skills and abilities. They have to choose it, obviously, but they have the skills and abilities to get themselves out of the situation that they're in. It's so hard because it's our heart outside our body, our children. We love them. We love everything. You know, we just, they are us outside of our body. And there's some things we have no control over. They're having their own spiritual journey here. And, and we have to kind of watch them go through some of their pain sometimes. And it's heartbreaking. But this is their journey. And we can't stop them from having their journey. We could just guide them and support them and love them up to us by really believing in them. And it shifts the energy and changes your relationship. It decreases the drama completely and helps the person see the light and see a way through. That's awesome. I really, I really, really like that. And, and another thing I would add, add to that, and I know you would agree with this, is that it's like worry hijacks your attention. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you, and you can't see anything else, but the worry, like you get hyper-focused on that one thing oftentimes. And so part of what I love to do with moms is I help redirect them to like, what's, what's going right. What, what is, what is like, who is your daughter? Who's your son? What are they doing? That is just amazing. Mm-hmm. And who, who are they in their little essence and their personality? And often when you look at that, that's another, and we'll get into that, I'm sure. But to me, that always seems to calm some of my mom's anxiety, it puts things in perspective. Yeah. Anxiety really likes attention. It likes a lot of attention and it'll Put all these thoughts in your head that will get you to pay attention to it. That's what it's going to do all day long. And so, but we, there's always multiple stories going on. There's always other things. There's always positive things, things, benign things, negative things. And so our kids are not single storied. They're not just that whatever you're worried about. Uh, They have a lot of other things happening. They're loyal to their friends. They're thoughtful. They're good problem solvers. They're music music, musical. Um, they are, you know, think outside the box or they work really hard. I mean, there's so much wonderful stuff going on with them. And when you notice all the things to worry about, but we're in culture, see our kids are in culture the same way we have been is we're in culture to see that negative. We're in culture to see our deficits our negative, what we're not enough of. And we're teaching our kids to do the same thing. But if we're constantly noticing the good and the positive and what stands outside, whatever the problem is, then we're going to teach our kids to do the same thing. That's going to be really powerful for them in their life. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I re- what I really liked in your book, um, is that you, you kind of expose the messages that anxiety gives us. Yeah. And I think that is, that's so useful just to name it. Thank you so much. Yeah. I think that's why my book stands aside other anxiety books is because it, it does that. It takes the power of anxiety down. Most books on, on anxiety teaches you skills. You know, it says, you know, do you don't have to be afraid of it, but why, you know, we, we don't take down the power of anxiety. And I think that's a really important piece because yes, we could calm ourselves down and we could have a lot of skills to calm ourselves down, but 
I don't want it to come in the first place. And I've completely cured myself of anxiety. And I know that it's, you know, I don't let those lies even come in at all, but that's because I've seen them. I've seen them a million times with the people I work with, with myself, and I know when they're coming. So I wanted to give that information to other people. And I think that's why people love this book so, so much. I appreciate you like that too. <laughs> no, it's great. And I'm, I'm going to definitely use that with a lot of my clients. It's going to be so helpful. Um, but so for the mom out there who's listening to this, can you give her something that she could do right now to decrease her own anxiety or, or what could she do? Well, taking action decreases anxiety. So that releases the GABA hormone in the brain that's going to put the brakes on the adrenaline and norepinephrine. So adrenaline, norepinephrine, and cortisol, those are the stress and anxiety hormones. Anything you feel, we call it all kinds of different things. We call it embarrassment. We call it worry. We call it nervous. We call it anxiety, fear, whatever it is. It's all the same hormones, maybe different intensities of it, but all the same. And so the GABA hormone gets released when you do something when you take some kind of action. And this could be moving around. This could be planning something in your head, engaging in something creative. Um, anything that you do is going to, one, it's going to take the attention off it. So mentally it's going to help you. It's going to change your attention to something else. You know, anxiety needs our brain space. If we take that brain space up doing something else, then anxiety has no room to continue. So distraction's huge, but those actions that you're doing to distract yourself are also physiologically helping with the anxiety. Very, very important. So getting your kids distracted, uh, getting them moving, walking, pacing, rocking, uh, watching something, reading, you know, any of those things. And on my website, I have, if you go to jodyamon.com and click on Right under the first picture is a video, 20 Ways to Calm from Anxiety and Panic. And there's 20 actionable steps right there in that video for people. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's really, they, they, people love this video because it's really helpful. It gives so many different ideas and some they've heard and some are, are you know, new and, and easily applicable. Right. So I love that. I loved when I read about that, about the, the taking action. And, and I always love when you can tie science into it. So the talking about the GABA hormone, I think that's so cool. And, um, and, and so I'm just going to add to that is, and I call that, um, when, I'm, when I'm talking about that to my moms, I talk about taking effective action. Because I think a lot of times when we are in more in that lower brain and the stress response of fight, flight, freeze, sometimes our action is just we freeze up. Sometimes we lose it, mm -hmm. you know, and, and a lot of times when we are really, really super stressed, the action we take is not very effective. So I love what you're talking about is it's kind of like a... Uh, it's really effective action where you're moving your body, you're, you're, you're doing something productive. Exactly. And it, it could have different degrees of productivity. Of course, you know, you could organize your junk drawer, but, uh, or cook or whatever. I mean, people, you know, people are stressed, they clean. That is an excellent coping mechanism because it is changing your brain chemistry. And so that is anything. And when we clean or when we organize or we do something creative, we're using that cortex of the brain, and then it is going to sharpen 
that area so that it it decreases anxiety in the future. When we when we work that part of our brain, that creative place, that the problem solving place, we're going to decrease anxiety over the long run because we're strengthening that part of our brain. Yeah, yeah. So, um, do you have another another thing that you could offer moms of what they could do? Well, it depends on your kid, I guess, but I am a hugger. I'm a cuddler. And I think connection, like anxiety wants us to isolate ourselves. It doesn't want us to connect and connecting with a pet or connecting with your parent. Uh, I love teaching breathing exercises when, when family members are touching each other, you know, like a mom's hand on the center of a back of a kid who's uh, struggling with anxiety in that moment and breathing through that hand. It's really powerful because it brings your attention to that space, but there's also this beautiful connection. I am just such a hopeless romantic, but I love <laughs> families in my office cuddling and holding each other. I just think it's so important in the healing process. Oh, that's great. I think one of my favorite ones is that, um, that 30 minutes, 25 to 30 minutes of cardio mm -hmm. decreases, um, it gets rid of all the excess adrenaline and cortisol for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Exercise is the number one thing that you could do to decrease your stress and anxiety in your life. Number one thing. It helps yeah. like that. It helps, it helps over the, it helps over the long day. It helps over the long run and it helps in the exact moment that you're doing it also because the tryptophan tryptophan, you know, that stuff in Turkey that makes you sleepy on, on Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, the tryptophan is an amino acid and it does calm you. It's a calming amino acid and it is a quite small of a molecule. And so the other huge amino acids are bigger and they, there's a lot of competition to get up to the brain. But when you're exercising, those big amino acids go to your muscles and the tryptophan goes right to the brain because now it doesn't have competition. Immediate. It's immediate, the calming effect that exercise has on you. That's very cool. I like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Science is helpful when people could, because I think when they hear the science of the brain of anxiety, they just, they're not afraid of it anymore. So that's the first step I give people like learn about it biologically and understand it immediately. It takes the power of anxiety right down because you right. get it. And, and then people aren't afraid of it anymore. And anxiety needs you to be afraid of it for it to continue in your life. And so that's, uh, I find it incredibly helpful that science stuff. Yes, yes. And one of the things that I agree with, and we've had some of the same, I know you were, you talked about narrative psychotherapy and, um, and I really appreciate that too. And where anxiety is not who we are, that anxiety, you really externalize the anxiety. And I think that's so helpful. Do you want to talk about that? Sure. This is how I think about problems. So I studied narrative therapy for, it's been about 15 years now. And I, you know, it's the, it's a non-structural, it's based on non-structuralist thought. And so a problem is not, you are not the problem. The problem is the problem. So we see problems as outside of people in context or in relationships. And so when we, when we, we could have a relationship with that problem and we could uh, get the problem out a lot of times, the pro a lot of times problems 
come into our identity. Like I am anxious. I am fat. I am ugly. I'm a loser, right? We, we identify ourselves with our problem. And there's, there's a lot of hazards to identifying yourself as a problem because not only you have the problem, you also, you know, don't like yourself anymore and have a lot of negative self-judgment. You're just exponentially making that problem bigger. So if we take the problem outside of a person and a person could have their relate, first of all, we could decrease the power of the problem which is really important, increase the power of a person. And then we could see those other stories like that. When I was talking about your teenager being loyal to their friends or being a good problem solver or, you know, or really neat person or whatever, like those stories could come more alive once we take that problem outside of ourselves, those problems come alive and you breathe life into those stories even more. And those become part of the identity. So now a person's identifying, like, I love connection. You know, I, I'm, I, it's important for me to keep secrets. If someone tells me one, like those are better identities for someone to stand on than I'm anxious. Yeah, absolutely. When you think it's just your brain and like your, your just brain is wired that way. I really don't like that description. I disagree with it. Our brain is not just, you know, some people's brains are not wired for anxiety. We all have the fear response and it is a beautiful, awesome thing that our body has for survival. But anxiety is what I call when the leftover fear response, when you're not in physical danger. We can get rid of anxiety out of our life, totally cure ourselves, but we still want our body to have that fear response if we needed it sometime. It's amazing. Maybe we can lift yeah. a car up, you know? I mean, that's cool. Right, right. No, that's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So, what, what you're saying reminds me of what I hear moms, and, and I just, I can so relate to them. You know, I'll have so many moms will say that they'll, their daughters are upset or their sons are upset, but sometimes I think the daughters get a little more upset, but I don't know. I don't have boys, but, um, so the daughter is like, I'm like you said, with kind of holding on to some negative identities. Like I'm just so stressed. I'm, I just I can't handle it. I'm and so the mother goes in because they, she can't stand seeing her daughter so negative. And she said, you know, just stop being negative. It's like going to be all great. So that never ends well. Mm -mm. And the, the daughter gets really more angry. The son gets more angry. Is like, you don't even know what I'm going through. So what can moms do when they see their teens are really upset or anxious or stressed? So we have to teach our children that they're allowed to feel whatever they're feeling. You know, they're absolutely allowed to feel it. And if they are allowed to feel it, then they could move past that feeling much, much quicker. And so the way you teach your children to, to allow themselves to feel something is by validating their feeling. So you have to first start with validation, validation, validation. I understand. Oh, I totally get it. I'd feel the same way. Uh, you know, I under that. That's it. I get it. That's that's really what they that that compassion, and that understanding is what they need. And when you start to go right to the positive, it's not bad advice to say don't take it personally or whatever. It's not bad advice. It's just bad timed. They're not ready to hear it yet. They need validation first. And so once they're validated enough and you have to just stay with that pain, that's where the cuddling comes in. That's where the touching and the loving comes in. And so once they feel that, once they feel validated, once they feel valued again, because whatever has hurt them has made them feel 
devalued. Once they feel valued again, and then they could take a step back. And really, they can make that conclusion on their own. They don't necessarily need you to do it. You probably influence them a lot in their life to then see the positive. And so I found if you validate someone, hug them and spend it and allow them to really feel, first of all, you're teaching them not to negatively judge themselves. Because not only are they feeling bad, then they're handling it wrong. And so you're teaching them to negatively judge themselves if you go right to the positive too quickly. Actually, my last video on YouTube is how to be optimistic but not annoying. And I talk, <laughs> I talk about this exactly. You know, when you could be optimistic, but if you're optimistic and unval invalidating, it's, it's very annoying to the people around you. It actually makes them feel worse. And so once we validate them, you're lifting them, you're loving them up to you. And, um, and then you, and then you invite them to take a step back. And this is a really beautiful thing. So you allow yourself to feel, then you take a step back and you could see what all the players are, like who hurt her and why they did it and what was miserable in their own life and why she reacted the way she reacted and everything. And then they could decide what to do and take that action. And that's a, it's a drama free flow. Yeah. It's not always perfect, of course, but that's the ideal. Yes. Yes. I know with my own daughter, is and I learned pretty quickly. I mean, I wrote I wrote my book Dow Down the Drama between she was 15 and I finished when she was 19. So mm. I was like living mm -hmm. the book, writing the book, living yeah, the book, yeah. writing the book. But um, I I noticed because I'm smart that way. <sighs> all my clinical training was uh, that my words were just too much and. And of course, we know the science that she can't take those words in when she's really, really in a, in anxious. So you're absolutely right. I would hug my daughter and, um, and that's like she would melt. Mm, I mean, beautiful. And it was like, like sometimes you can communicate in another way besides words and, Hugging is, and that's what you're saying, is another form of communication, which just is very soothing. And the cutest thing is that my daughter, you know, who now has a boyfriend, and she's been able to communicate to her boyfriend, like, you know, don't give me a bunch of advice. I just need you to hug me for a few minutes. Yeah, isn't that great? It's a, People don't need advice. You know, you've taught them, you've modeled it. They've seen, you know, our children are smart children. They need validation. We all do. You know, we all need someone to, to notice us and see. And then they'll come up with it on their own mostly, or then they'll ask you. But at that point, they'll be ready to hear it. Absolutely, yeah. you know, really ready to hear it if they're asking you. Right. There, there's this saying that says, don't give advice unless someone asks you three times. <laughs> That's great. I like that. Yeah. And one thing I, that, and I know you, you see this all the time, but, and you mentioned it when we started off is that anxiety kind of multiplies between two people. So you're anxious. And I actually had uh, this physician come in and, and she was just saying, I know I'm making it worse because I'm like trying to help my son with the homework. And I think I'm stressing him out even more. So this anxiety, like your daughter's anxious, can stress you out, and then you're stressed out, and you can stress out your teen. So 
so any suggestions about that? Yeah, I think I, and I do have an online program for kids and parents with anxiety. And so this is one of the, one of the things that I teach in that program. It's, it's like the price of a book. I mean, it's just an amazing program for not a lot of money. Um, but what I teach is having confidence, right? So having confidence, absolutely. If you are anxious there you're, and you're upset, which is easy to get. Cause I know because it, when kids have anxiety, they get angry because they have no patience left and they're desperate. And when you're anxious, you're desperate, you're angry. A lot of times frustration and anger, there's anxiety behind it. Actually, all of, I would say all, even like domestic violence situations, you know, um, people who are violent, there's a fear that's driving all of it. But so what we need is to stay calm, if we could stay calm and validate, then their anger is going to come down have some patience. But I know it's hard when you're trying to get them in the car, trying to get them to go to school, and it's so frustrating because you have no control. They're digging their heels in. I know how that feels, and I know that there's a lot of fights that happen in the name of anxiety in those situations. But, yes, and the parents know they're making it worse, and they feel bad, and then it's just worse. And so if they could keep their calm it's the best thing. It's hard to, okay. I'm not perfect either. So I, I'm not saying that everyone needs to be perfect, but we all know it's a better way to keep a little bit calm. You could get your child out of it faster or distract them. I even say at school, I know some kids are, if they get upset at school, if there's that adult at school, it'd be like, have these funny videos waiting. And, and, you know, when they, when the kid comes up and they're all anxious and they just, just be like, Oh, I'm so glad to see you. Look at this dolphin. Isn't it the cutest thing? Like they just need a total just shift in energy. And some people at school are like, well, you know, I don't have time for that. Well, you have time to like, <laughs> you know, have this kid have a fit for 45 minutes. No, do this video, like distract them. It's just, it's like kind of that thinking outside the box that you need to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that really helps in those situations and like, they don't deserve that. I know they don't, but you want to shift the energy and then you could go back and be like, it wasn't nice to yell at me, but first right. get them out of it. You know, right. I've, I've done that before when my stepson was really young and he was upset. You know, I started reading, I don't know, it was probably Harry Potter or something like out loud. And I think he he was really little, but he was like under the table and I just <laughs> sat there and started reading the book. And eventually he came out cause he was listening. He's just distracted. You know, yeah. we don't even know what we're upset about sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've done that tons of times with my kids. I'm like, just watch this funny video. <laughs> yeah. Well, and with teenagers, I think they intuitively know they need to, they, they de-stress by going to YouTube and finding the stupid cat video. Yeah. And then they show it to a parent. And I, I'm told the parents, that that's like golden. It's not a waste of your time because... They're trying to create a positive experience with you. So go with the, the cat YouTube video. Go with it. I say go <laughs> with it. So what, do you have a final tip for, for these moms? Oh, just I, I get you and you're doing great. Sometimes when you're parenting, you don't feel like you're doing good and you don't see the results. It's like, oh, this is not working. We don't know if it's working for years later. And I'm going to tell you, it is working. What you're doing is exactly right. And you're doing awesome. We just don't see the results right away with our kids, but you're amazing. Just please know that you're amazing. That's awesome. So you had mentioned this before, but, um, I'm going to mention it again that uh, you can get uh, Jody's 
best-selling book, You Won Anxiety Zero, Win Your Freedom Back from Fear and Panic from any anywhere, I guess, Amazon, Barnes & yeah. Noble. Anywhere Great. books are sold, yeah. <laughs> awesome. And they can contact you through jodyamon.com, and that's A-M-A-N? Yeah, J-O-D-I-A-M-A-N, jodyamon.com. And uh, I think she offered y'all a great resource with those free videos on how to calm the anxiety and panic and those 20 tips. Yeah. And that's, you said that's on your website? It's right on my web, right on the front page. They could get to that. And I have tons Uh, of articles and videos uh, on there. So it's it's full of resources for moms and parents. Yeah. I'm a parent and I've been working with parents and kids for 20 years. So I got you covered. (laughs) Well, that sounds awesome. And thank you so much, Jody. Thanks so much, Colleen. It was great being here. All right. So, um, so we'll talk later. Yeah. <laughs> You've been listening to Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcasts. You can go to ColleenOGrady.com and listen to many more podcasts and get other helpful resources. I also have a free chapter for you from my book, Dow Down the Drama. I invite you to join my community of like-minded moms on my Facebook page, Colleen O'Grady, Dow Down the Drama. I'm there every single day giving you helpful advice and encouragement for your team. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.